Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 5 of the show and we're returning to Resident Evil 2 2019 to talk about the recently released Ghost Survivors DLC. My name is Cyniac, you can just call me Cy, and joining me on the panel this week, refusing to be Brian Iron's greatest trophy, it's the runaway Adam Russell Reeves. Hey gang! One eye on the prize, Forgotten Soldier, it's Serial Box 64, Jordan Sugru. Hello! No time to mourn, get to the chopper! It's Fire Button Steve Valance. Hello! <laughs> Hello! Sorry. That's a bit <laughs> more like it. <laughs> This episode of the podcast, as all others are, is being recorded live in the First Aid Spray Discord server, which you can join now to hear unedited versions of the podcast and contribute to the conversation in the text chat, as well as talk to us and other Resident Evil fans about the series. It's also a good place to put yourself forward for file reading so you can appear in the show and to ask questions for our bite-sized discussion segment. You can find a link to the server in the description of this podcast and on all our social media accounts. The newest section of the podcast is the weekly poll uh, area, which is fairly self-explanatory. This week's poll that went up uh, in time for the DLC, of course, was which scenario are you most looking forward to? And fair to say, Kendo ran away with the votes on that one. But more on Ghost Survivors in a bit. First, of course, we have to get into the news. So our first bit of news is that Hirabayashi H says that if fans want a Resident Evil 3 remake, you need to get your voice heard. So it's, it's fairly self-explanatory, really. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like a non-story. We talked it so much into the ground at this point, the, the possibility of an RA3 remake. But this is, you know, I guess the big news story of this week is that Capcom are like, hey, do the thing. It's as if they haven't been doing the thing since they announced Resi 2 remake. But there you go. I bet they've been developed in tandem, to be honest with you. On the sly, it makes I, sense, the same engine. I believe so as well. I, I think this is just, uh, you know, talk about it, keep us keep us relevant, and, you know, mm. that sort of thing. Did they ever have that sort of teasing uh, before they first announced Resident Evil <clears throat> 2 Remake? They, they have that kind so. of teasing of, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was a remake? You know, let us know what you think. Yeah, I think they put up a Facebook post that was literally just like a status, which is odd now thinking about, you know, it was just on the official Facebook page, but it was just something like, hey, if you're interested in a Resident Evil 2 remake, let us know in the comments below. And that was shortly before H came out with his uh, his picture of his design document and then the video of the We Do It stuff. So yeah, they, it's it's precedent in the past. Um, but yeah, I think this is that was a kind of case of, hey, I'm going to go and approach Capcom with this. But then surely, why would they let him post it on the official account? So maybe at that point, that was already confirmed. It's a weird thing, the shady world of social media presence. Can you just give me a refresher? How long was Resident Evil 3 in between development from Resident Evil 2? It was like literally a year after, wasn't it? it yeah, it came out the next year. So it's, I'm pretty sure it was being developed at the same time. Or There was lots of games being developed all around the same sort of time in those years. And they overlap a lot. Uh, um, it must have been... Um, started development in some fashion before RE2 was finished because it went through loads of different like guises and stuff. But yeah. So um, our next bit of news: it's if you've been playing Resident Evil 2, you've probably seen it on the store. The low poly, the original 1998 outfits are now available for free to download and add to your game. Yeah, and Anyone? they look way they look way smoother than I thought they would. Mm. I like them a lot. Lots of people, I've seen lots of people being like, this is the superior way to play. And I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Because <laughs> the cutscenes look like ridiculous. They're just so <laughs> stupid. I, I kind of love it. 
But I yeah, kind of wish the other characters got the same treatment. But um, I appreciate that the, the, the stoic faceness, like Leon is like <laughs> yeah. a robot to a high def Claire, and then shoots, and it's just yeah. And the flirting scene when one is normal and one is not is beautiful. <laughs> oh, I'll have it, to try uh, that one. It's always great to see this kind of stuff when, you know, they throw in like a, a retro costume and skins like that in, in games and stuff and this is probably one of the better ones as well like the details are like they're nice like it gets across that this is from an old game um and yeah it fits quite well it, it's kind of strange seeing it in that kind of lighting setting mm. and it's certainly better than like some skins i've seen like do you guys remember uh, max Payne 3 had a max Payne one skin yeah and they tried to do the paint face and so when I heard that there was going to be retro costumes for this, I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to, like, you know, take this. Because the best way is obviously to have uh, the low poly models. And that's what they've went with. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've kind of notoriously got to stick up my bum about nostalgia stuff. And, I, you know, I've got some opinions therein. I think this is okay, though. You know, it's not, it doesn't affect the game in any way. I like this kind of trend of, like, kind of just, like, giving a nod back to the past I'm pretty sure Tomb Raider, the, the most recent Tomb Raider game, has one of these skins in. I haven't played it yet. Um, and there yes, are other yeah. games. Resi sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. Resi 6 did this as well. I, yeah, I think it's a cool little extra addition that's just, yeah, it's an additional thing. Uh, my favourite, I did boot up briefly and mess around with it, and I did kind of mm -hmm. get a laugh out of starting up a Leon scenario, and the first time you see any part of Leon is like his hand on the steering wheel. So moody yeah. opening of him pulling up to the, the gas station, and you just see this block on the steering wheel that's like just like a <laughs> flesh-covered blob for like half a second. Yeah, very amusing. See, that's what's going to save the Final Fantasy VII remake if you get the low-poly <laughs> Lego mod. Right, playing at full speed in this like Final Fantasy 15s battleground, I will accept <laughs> if you play as a Lego man with stump arms and broken legs. <laughs> okay, so our next bit of news then: uh, Resident Evil Super Bundle is apparently on the PlayStation Store and has an 80% discount until the first week of March. And I believe this has literally every game available on the platform mm. that's a Resident Evil title. Is that correct? I believe so. Looking at it now, I think this is just for PS3. Uh, looking really? at the store website, it says playable on PS3, but I oh. don't know enough about PlayStation to know if that's kind of like. Well, these were PS3 games, but they're backwards compatible. That's correct. Know. It's the PS3 re-releases okay. of things like Code Veronica and Operation Raccoon City, the Chronicles games, um, four, five, and six, and it's and then one, two, and three. Yeah, uh, are all the uh, PS1 titles. So you can play those on the Vita, you can play those on the PSP, and obviously on the PS3 itself. I mean, it's an amazing bundle for that kind of price. It's eight, eight, well, seven ninety nine, mm. eight quid. That's nothing to be sniffed at. Plus, you're not punished by having, you know, Umbrella Core. So <laughs> yeah. I can accept that. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be buying the bundle because I don't actually have the Chronicles games on. PS3, and I'm one of those few people that believed in the PlayStation Move. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm going to be picking up the bundle. But the strange thing is, this is going to be the third time that I've picked up a Resident Evil bundle. I picked one up for the original PS1 games, the trilogy of them on PS3 a few years ago, and the Xbox One 2017 bundle, which I think was a price error. So obviously, they do some really good deals with these Resident Evil bundles. But this, from my experience, is absolutely the best one, even absolutely. even on PS3. Yeah, I would highly recommend this because you've got until the sixth of March going into the seventh. It's eight pound, 
and there are more than eight games there. So that's, you know, not even a pound a game. Almostly. <laughs> It's literally every single mainline title, mm. you know, except for seven. And, and zero. Yeah, zero oh, and remakes. Um, just so I'm following, if I were to if I if I want to get this, can I get it on PS4? I believe it's only on the PlayStation 3. Yep. Okay. I do have a PS3, I just don't have it hooked up, so maybe I'll have to dig it out. Yeah, great, it's one of those things. You got a you got a PS3, you go dust it off because I think it's like it's just under 50 gigs of Resident Evil games, which is oh, right. it's yeah. just kind of insane. I love those kind of last-gen deals. You get some really good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, a little bit of fact-checking. Sai is right. There is no Zero, and there's no Resident Evil remake. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense, though. So our last bit of news, which is honestly kind of entertaining and peculiar at the same time, the PUBG and RE2 collaboration has surfaced online. What do we think, chaps? yeah where to begin where to begin uh yeah if you've you've seen the footage it's it's utterly bizarre because if you're familiar with with pubg uh actually i mean i I know it's i know it's kind of similar to daisy and there were zombies in that but i don't think this is kind of like the norm for pubg um so they're starting to bring all of these you know different enemy types in including very prominent figures like the liquors and the tyrants it's strange it's very it odd looks horrible <laughs> i think I'll, that's I'll, I'll say it i think yeah. that's just PUBG. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> i think it looks goofy I, honestly as someone who doesn't really have time for those kind of battle royale games and stuff i think it looks like goofy dumb fun at the same token tyrant taking five or six in machine gun clips while birkin takes like about two seconds with a gatling gun a little bit of bias <laughs> a little bit of bias there. Well, the, ty- the tyrant is offset by being the world's easiest to avoid enemy in any game ever. Yeah. By the looks of it. Yeah, I, I mean... His heart. <laughs> and, and also the fact that uh, from, from the gameplay where you're fighting the tyrant, it's in an open field. Like, probably <laughs> yeah. the worst place to be confronting the tyrant because he's got no... <laughs> They had to obviously ramp up his his running speed so that he could kind of keep up with you. But other than that, he's not really a threat. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I haven't played the game, but it's it, it kind right? of easy. You know, 100 people versus each other, like a, was it Tetris 99 and so on. <laughs> That's the one you go to first. <laughs> it's, it's, exa- it's exactly like Tetris 99. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Sorry. I, just, I hate that part where I'm... I hate that part where I want a line piece and then Mr. X shows up. <laughs> exactly. Now that's a matchup I'd want to see. Um, I, I mean, you know, with, with these Battle Royale games, I, I mean, I'm a little... If they're, if they're going to cause this kind of like sacrilege with these models, they at least should put it in Fortnite so that I can see Mr. X doing some of those celebration dances. You know? <laughs> but um, the, the, the strangest thing, though, from, from the footage that I've seen, um, the models look all right because they look like they've actually kind of just been sort of brought across from the the remake, uh, you know, or at least they're uh, some approximation mm. of those designs. But in the in the footage that I saw, one map takes place in uh, it, it takes place in the RPD, and I really want to think that it's like a, a mod map because I don't know what you guys think of that that map, but it's very basic looking for the RPD. Yeah, it's, it's be- uh, it looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds like me. 
not to like to be here just to dig into every game apparently but it reminds me of halo 5 when they finally did the forge maps and it was like they just look like loads of blocks of plastic rather than what yeah. we were used to it looks like um it looks like raccoon city minecraft edition mm. it looks like that, <laughs> that thing i fully realized rpd just slapped in the middle of a green field <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's um yo yeah it's really strange that like it's the entirety of the ex exterior building and it's just dropped in the middle of this landscape <laughs> um uh, and the and the, yeah the interior is just very basic i mean i've seen a lot of different interpretations of the rpd i mean i think it was either umbrella cause or operation raccoon city where the, the main lobby was much wider because of the gameplay mm. and it kind of feels like that but overall it's just there's not a lot of polish to this content that's that's the bottom line from me yeah I mean, it's a mobile phone game not not to be that that you know devil's advocate but for a mobile phone game it's, i'll, it's I'll give it that i agree with the, what you're saying about Goofy yeah. fun, you know. If you just wanted to spend a few minutes having a mess around, yeah, sure, why not? Um, I'm not really sure when this is out. It might be out now. You know, we're not exactly experts on PUBG. This seems like footage that's just kind of come out of nowhere. This doesn't seem to be an official thing, but it looks it <laughs> it looks done. I guess it looks done for what it's worth. So yeah, I imagine it's coming very soon. I don't know this if we'll talk about it again. So. Mm. This is one of those secrets of marketing where it, it's not necessarily apparent like how impactful this is because obviously it is a bit of marketing. It's a tie. It's a tie-in yeah. that you know brings brand recognition of Resident Evil to people who may not play Resident Evil. Um, and and obviously we've seen it with Fortnite as well with uh, you know things like putting Thanos in to promote Infinity War and stuff. Uh, so I honestly I don't know what the kind of the positive gain is from for, for Capcom from this, but. Clearly, obviously, they've come to a, a, a lucrative deal to, to do something like this, where they take, you know, all of the most iconic sort of designs from the game and and put them into another game. So, I'm sure we'll see more of this, and it will be just as confusing in the years to come. <laughs> <laughs> and now, reading the file, Anatomist's note from Resident Evil Code Veronica, Mike Martin, who you can follow on Twitter at Evil Deadites. There's a demon in my mind. I can't control the fierce impulses that the demon sometimes drives me to act upon. It is a brutal ceremony. With the demon next to me, I enjoy watching people agonize in pain, screaming and convulsing repeatedly as they die. But Sir Alfred was kind enough to acknowledge me and has given me the facilities, chemicals, and equipment necessary to study everything. I must never betray Sir Alfred's kindness. It is especially critical that no one discovers the sacred place that only he and I know about. I swear the basement of this medical building will be kept secret. Of course, I keep the key to the sacred place with me at all times. Even if an outsider sees it, they'll never be able to tell that it's the key. I must remember that my life ends when I lose Sir Alfred's trust. So our main discussion for this episode is the Ghost Survivors DLC, which follows quickly on release-wise from the original game. We're recording mere days after release, but in terms of amount of content, I feel like we've got our fill. Um, it's free DLC. It 
came as an update, so make sure you update your game if you can't see it. It's not in the store. I made that mistake, and I'm sure many other people did too. It's three main scenarios, one extra one. We'll be going through them all uh, separately. But I guess starting at the top, let's talk about the general gameplay of this new kind of... Yeah, they're essentially kind of like spin-off fourth survivor kind of modes where you're running from A to B, but there's a little bit more to it in terms of that. Uh, Steve, why don't you start? What did you think about stuff like the uh, the vending machines and the backpacks and these new additions? See, I'd like to think that the, the backpacks are a very weird thing for me because there's this backpack filled with loot, and rather than taking the backpack to therefore carry more loot, I'm going to just take what's inside it. But uh, they're always fun. I, I like it's, it's almost a callback to like Resident Evil Five or Resident Evil Four, where you kill things and you occasionally get money or supplies. But it's yeah. always the same that gear. The vending machines themselves, I kind of feel like they're almost rigged in a way because obviously you can only pick one. But nine times out of ten, unless you've got a set like I am going to use this one thing, you're going to go for like the sure thing, like I'm going to go for magnum rounds or I'm going to go for a flashback. And, you know, every time it's kind of drilling into you to just get the one thing out of these three choices. Sometimes it's not really, there's two choices that are just kind of duds. Mm, I agree. I think that it is one of those things where once you've played it enough times, you kind of know what you want out of it. You kind of know your run. So you're always going to grab the same thing. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say the same thing. And I would say that, like, they're kind of... Uh, maybe a little bit telegraphed mm. that as you go through it, you'll you'll get to the vending machine. The first time you play, you'll just pick you'll pick something that you think is most useful. You'll get a tiny bit further, and you'll be like, "Oh, this is where you would use a flashbang." Yeah. So I should have picked the flashbang, and then it's just like, "Oh, okay." So yeah, if they were random every time, that would have made a lot more a lot more to it. You know, if there was if there was like just random stuff each time, like you could get a magnum, or you could get a green herb. Yeah, I, it's weird because like a good example is Catherine's story where she starts with just a red herb and the second, second vending machine has three herbs. Probably going to take the green herb because otherwise the red herb's useless. Or the blue herb, I suppose, you could do that. But stuff like that, because it was reported and perhaps this is just like a mistranslation that there was going to be some kind of random aspect to the, like, the scenarios and really the only one that has that is the bonus one. Um, otherwise... Yeah, the, the loot that's in the backpacks that certain zombies carry and what you can select from the vending machine is the same every time. So there is no randomness to these first three modes. That's kind of a disappointing aspect, I think. I mean, overall, not to start on a negative foot, but I think I was pretty happy with it overall, especially for free content. But that was kind of the thing that made me go, oh, there's not as much to this as I was kind of hoping. It reminds me of um, expansion. Yeah, I was going to... Uh... Yeah. Do any of you chaps play Monster Hunter? I, 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 I'm just filling the room out. No, I don't. No, unfortunately. Have you been following it in any capacity? Because they're like they see not seasonally, but every so often they're throwing out a free bit of content, and it's just like normally just an extra hunt mission or something, mm. or with a kind of distinct flavouring to it. I feel that's maybe what they're going for here. Because if if the alleged thing is that they're going to be throwing more of these out, maybe this is just here's pack one. It's basically three different remixes of Hunk's kind of style of gameplay with a few little tweaks. And then maybe the next one's going to be different because there's like different unlocks for each of these. There's like headsets, uh, no, no, helmets and things, isn't there, and stuff like that. Yeah, I also wonder if that was a mistranslation, the three volumes. I think that's referring to the three main scenarios here. Um, maybe there's more. I don't know. We don't know either way, but yeah, not sure. Not sure about that one. 
Jordan, how did you feel about the, uh, the, the new aspects like the vending machine and such? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a solid point with regards to the vending machines. There's that expansion um, that they could make it something more randomized. And yeah, just, just generally kind of be able to kind of shake it up so that obviously they know their audience, surely, at this point, because they made Resident Evil 2 with, you know, all players in mind, uh, you know, who do want to kind of like do these kind of uh, speed runs. And they, they want to get to things like Force Survivor and Tofu Survivor and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it seems like maybe a bit of an oversight. Although I do think the scenarios themselves had some really nice set pieces, which are there to, you know, unnerve you. And, you know, if you, if you go running into, you know, a new section, you're going to get punished because it's got something in store for you. And you, you almost have to still play it cautious, even if you want to try and, you know, run and, and, and try and get the, the top record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's it's nice to kind of like have that kind of post content, sorry, post release support with the content. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be up for more of them, definitely. I think it's weird. I sort of I can see why people are a little bit disappointed that wanted more story. It would have been nice to have some cutscenes, mm. but I can see how like that's a lot more work rather than the kind of still images that we essentially got. Um, but I, I take was, a little uh, bit of umbrage with the fact that people are like, oh, it's aimed at the speedrunners, I'm not interested. To me, it's just a little bit more gameplay. Like, you, okay, yes, maybe it is a little bit aimed at the speedrunning, and the, once you've done it, the aspect is to get better at it. But I'm not really bothered about that. For me, it's just kind of like, okay, I've done it on training mode, let's see if I can best it on the regular difficulty or not. Hmm. And hindsight, the uh, you know, in the name, it was Survivors, so there was some yeah. idea that it was going to be similar to those modes. Uh, oh yeah. Um, I yeah. I kind of went in with it, sort of like trying trying not to have any kind of expectations because, um, you know, ultimately, if the games just come out, um, if there was anything like, you know, extremely sort of brand new, you know, new areas, um, then you'd kind of expect to kind of get more in depth previews for that. And that would be something that would probably be a paid option. So I kind of expected it to be, you know, some extra some extra modes, as we've seen in plenty of other Resident Evil games, especially last gen. So yeah, it was it was about it was about on level with my expectations in that respect. Yeah, I was actually pretty disappointed at first. Um, but I think that was on me. Mm. Um, I think that I kind of got an idea into my head of what I wanted it to be. Um, um, I was really hoping it was going to be more like scenarios um, in terms of more story. Um, right, yeah. So, I, you know, and, and that's... I'm not going to knock Capcom because that was absolutely like what I got into my own head. So I was super disappointed in that sense, but it wasn't there for... Um, the more I play it, the more I'm enjoying it um i think that the the difficulty is kind of out of whack i think i get way further in forgotten soldier um than i do in runaway um it's i don't know it just seems i think it, it seems like a little bit misleading to say something is difficulty too um and it it seems to still still be very difficult um like the runaway for me at least 
Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I wouldn't say I find The Forgotten Soldier easier than The Runaway, but my, my one has always, you know, I've gotten to the end of the Kendo one and not quite made it past the last corridor. Uh, the other yeah. two, I've gotten a little bit. <clears throat> my problem with The Runaway is that I missed two vending machines and I didn't realize they were there. Um, <laughs> and now when, now that I know they're there, it's instantly become a lot easier because, like you say, there's, there's stuff in there, like Steve said, there's stuff that's specifically in there that's kind of like, this is next a little bit um right yeah um yeah a difficulty slider or something would have been nice it's kind of two extremes training mode uh, with the exception of me running into ivies twice and killing a run on training mode because they got the instant kill um i thought training mode is a little bit i mean it is i wouldn't say too easy but it is easy mode and then there's ridiculously hard mode so it would have been nice it's going from standard so it's going from assisted to hardcore yeah absolutely right right yeah I was saying, I was saying to uh, Steve beforehand. Actually, I, I wish that they had instead of saying training, they had had those at difficulty levels, and you could amp it um, up. And then the regular one being like a, a realistic difficulty level, mm. rather than saying two, which gives. I think it gives you like a false impression of like this is the one I could play through, and then the other ones, as if I'm a casual gamer, I'll probably struggle with. But I think a casual game is going to struggle with all of them. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just think of the people that had a negative reaction to the game, like the core game, and you know, oh, <laughs> right. I don't have enough ammo. The people that were like, "This hard." Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, they would really struggle with something like this. What I do like, I mean, we have talked a little bit negatively about it, but what I do really like, and we talked about this um, in the server. I think it was Petros brought it up. He was saying that the hardest enemy in the core game is actually the zombies because of how unpredictable they are and how like how you can get overwhelmed with them so easy and i think they really hit that nail on the head with this every scenario has at least one maybe two maybe more than that sections where they just throw a horde of zombies at you particularly in the ends of like all of them in fact where they just go crazy with it and it's it's nuts. I kind of love it. I hate it because it's so hard, but I love that they just went... grenades. Yeah, absolutely. It, <laughs> it looks fantastic, um, but it, it really disappoints me because seeing them put that volume of zombies out, it, it really upsets me that I think they missed really missed a trick with the beginning of the main game, Resident Evil mm. 2. Can you imagine having that bus at the beginning and the zombies just spill out of that bus? Yeah, that's true. You're like, you know, damn, I, I'm going to have to run. Like, at the moment, at the beginning, you're like, oh, there's like six zombies around. I'm best, I, I guess I better run to the police station. But if they had utilized like that bus or whatever where you've just got a, just a straight horde of zombies, I think that would have made it that much better. Mm. What I loved about the DLC and you've, you've, you've touched it perfectly, like it's kind of lacking in the main game, is just seeing the streets full of zombies where you have both in uh, Catherine's and Kendo's scenarios where you go through that sort of strip towards the RPD and there's all the zombies wandering around between the cars. I love that. Yeah, excellent. Super cool. Yeah, um, really good like choking points there. Mm, um, mm. I seem to have like... Uh, like Kendo had like some pretty, some pretty tough areas as as far as like choke points like that. The both um, involve liquors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 like, I mean, even even like um, 
there's like a control room, um, you know, down in sort of like the underground section. And, uh, you know, if you if you go into that uninitiated, you're going to get poisoned. There's only three zombies in there, but it's such a small room anyway. And you, I don't think in the main game you even ex- sort of experience any kind of like combat around that section usually. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, as you get towards the, the very last sort of main run and yeah, it, it took so many zombies at you. If you've been very conservative with your ammo, um, it, it decides that it's going to challenge you in that last run. So I do like, you know, some of the design aspects that have went into this and, and the routes that they've made. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, cool bits where you, you really kind of feel like the designers have decided, okay, we think you've kind of overcome these bits, but let's see if you've actually prepared yourself for this bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kendo's was like... <laughs> I did not have fun with Kendo's because there's so many points when it, it can really go south, um, especially when you get to this sewer point. The um, sewers, yeah. You just have to accept that you're going to get poisoned almost. It's just like, well, I can either fight these guys and, and lose most of my ammo. You know, I can either fight the uh, the G-monsters um, or I just have to try and slug through it and, and hope that I have enough uh, healing items and enough ammo at the end of it. Um, so I like that aspect. And, and by the way, full disclosure, that was me playing this on training mode. <laughs> yes, I agree. See, I have like yet to complete you know, a single mode on any of the difficulties other than training. That'll definitely require some some extra extra shifts, extra extra bit of work to like finish those on on the higher difficulties. Definitely. See, I like the fact the enemy placements aren't set in stone on between the two difficulties as well. That that at least some minor bit of replayability although there's like you know various ammo changes between the two i think the thing i appreciate most about this is the fact that they're all very short like you can piecemeal it and just like oh, i wanted to mix it up i want to play something different i'll just have a go at like you know i'll play runaway for half an hour or i'll play the kendo story or i think the ghost one's probably the shortest one isn't it but yeah possibly the, but the, I, I know people are whinging about they're built for speed running but you can take your time with them like the boss sequence, I don't know, I haven't seen any single person just ram straight through them. I've always, like, lured them away and, like, you know, try and coax them out of the boss. And, like, there's one dude with a backpack, I have no idea what he's got. I just go by. Fair enough. Um, so before we move on to breaking them down individually, each scenario has its own brand new zombie type. Um, new enemies was mentioned. I don't think it's really a surprise that they're kind of variations on the zombie, really, as much as we were kind of hoping for some other stuff as well. Um, what do you guys think about, not specific to uh, the enemy types, because we'll talk about them as we go, but, you know, why, you know, choosing of the zombie kind of variations on that. How do people feel about that? Lazy or okay with it? Uh, nice callbacks. I kind of feel like one was a misstep over the others, but I'll get into that when we get there. Interesting, really. interesting. I like, by callback, are you talking about pale heads being a kind of nod to crimson heads? Crimson heads and the white molded from... You oh, know, see, I thought they looked—I looked. They, they sort of looked to me like the ooze from uh, Revelations. That, that, and that I, could be a and triple threat, funny, though, yeah. because I got much more of like a regenerators from Resident Evil. And War. that, yeah, yep, and that. I got, so, I got all of these. <laughs> I mean, the way they—the way they move—is almost exactly like the regenerator. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. See, the reason I was saying white molded was because you know you, you basically need uh, we're in the runaway scenario. You need the super magnum uh, rounds yes. to put them down. Which That's is just true. like you need these uh, what were they called ramrod rounds or something daft, yes. weren't they? 
Yeah. <laughs> Literally the same mechanic. Jesus. <laughs> nope, that's what they genuinely called. <laughs> I mean, not to go into specifics, but I, I think one of the enemy types definitely has uh, more of a unique aspect to it, to, to the point that I would I would happily see them in the main game. Uh, but I would say that the other two were fairly sort of standard as yeah. far as their designs were. They, I mean, you know, they affected the campaigns well um, in, in how they were designed. They were just sort of like... You could have pulled those out of a hat and you'd be, you know, as a guess and you'd be on the money because it was it was one of those ones where it's just a go to of a variation, really. Yeah. Right. So let's run through the scenarios now, kind of top down to bottom, starting with Catherine Warren's scenario. Difficulty of two is called Runaway. Um, the setup for this story is that. Uh, Irons is about to, you know, lethally inject her and do his taxidermy magic. She grabs a knife, stabs him brutally right through the neck, uh, and then goes, okay, well, I suppose I better go and find the apparent love of my life, Ben, in his jail cell. And, uh, which Sorry. Didn't see that one coming, that's for damn yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so your A to B in this scenario is the orphanage, through the streets, to the RPD and into the jail cell. The... Unique enemy is the Pale Heads, which we just mentioned, which take a little bit of uh, doing by giving them a nice hefty headshot with the, the high-powered rounds. Um, yeah, how do we feel about Catherine appearing as a playable character, getting a name and all that kind of thing? Uh, Jordan, why don't you start? Uh, well, yeah, I thought it was... Uh, it's an excellent little scenario. And, and yeah, it's nice to have a spotlight on some of these characters which do not sort of get as much of a, uh, the attention in, in the original game, so which is obviously mm. the whole point of this DLC. Um, obviously, it's non-canon, so you know this whole yeah, <laughs> this, this whole is romance the... idea is is just out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just this, for fun. This scenario of the three, and we've been told they are non-canon what if stories, but this one is the one that definitely can't happen. But that doesn't mean the relationship can't happen in this universe. <laughs> There's nothing to say that, that isn't a thing in the original, you know. Um, I definitely thought this was uh, had a nice, uh, unique pace to it because uh, compared to the other two scenarios, um, this one requires a bit of um, foraging, I guess. Uh, not not too much, but you need to find items in order to pass through, namely keys. So there's quite a few areas where you'll need a key to get through the next door, and it will usually be in a backpack. Um, where you'll have to retrieve it from a zombie so it's a little bit of extra work you can't just kind of like run through yeah um and so it's tripping you up in that way um i mean just just to make one note let's get right to the sort of the conclusion of that scenario um it, show, it shows uh catherine um running away with <laughs> the alleged love of her life <laughs> and i just thought like because the story in that one concludes in in the jail and I was just, all I was thinking, I couldn't help but think this. I was like, there's no way they got out of there alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go back around that corner and that horde is yeah. still there. I almost and then need they to got eaten. Yeah, after. I, I almost <laughs> need to see a second scenario where they both dropped rocket launchers because that's the only realistic <laughs> way I could see them getting out of that. But, um, but yeah, Catherine, you know, she faces quite, you know, quite a lot of different kind of challenges. Like, I mean, they all face their own specific challenges, but it's got a nice variety to her run. Um, you know, you've got the uh, you've got these pale pale heads. Uh, you've got the dogs. Um, you have a really nice set piece with with us and the zombies kind of pouring out. Mm. You have to be either very patient 
are just you know very brave to kind of run towards that bus straight away um and yeah i i, I thought it was i'm not sure if it's i'm not sure if it's my favorite i think it's i think it's tied as far as as far as my favorite out of the scenarios but yeah i really liked it that's fair enough i think it, for me it was the one i was most excited about just because it's so weird and out of left field like she's you know she has even less of a role in Remake 2 than she did on the original, and in both, she's just a body on a table. So it seems like such an odd choice, but I was really like, that's pretty cool. And, you know, given her a name as well, it was kind of nice. It was the first time in 21 years that she's more than just Bamea's daughter. So I thought that was a, a nice little, little extra for this nobody character. Uh, Adam, what did you think about Runaway? Um, I enjoyed it. I did. Um... It like um, Jordan said, I like the I like the beats it went through. Um, it it had you know structure in the way of like finding the keys and unlocking the doors. It, it wasn't so much of just a run and gun. Um, I I guess I I struggled a little bit with um, the mayor's daughter being uh, pretty proficient with firearms. <laughs> um, I mean, it's America, so I guess you know. <laughs> whatever but uh, um I, I i had a little bit of an issue i felt like um her specific enemy her scenario specific enemy while she has the easiest difficulty i actually felt like it was one of the harder enemies um in terms of its uh resilience to firepower so it means you had to use your your good good uh, ammo on on dispatching them and its movements like we were saying about the regenerator is it, it's very um stumbly and jerky and it moves its head around a lot it, it's a lot harder to hit than say kendo zombies where it, with the kendo ones if you if you could get a good range on them and, and get a good headshot you could you could take them out pretty easily um and same with um, ghosts' enemies; they just took a bit more thought into into taking down. Um, I felt like she had, she had the roughest enemy to kind of take care of, um, and they always showed up in numbers. It seemed like so. Yeah. So that was a bit odd for me in terms of difficulty scaling. Um, uh, I think that um, she, I, in general, I think that the. Um, Steve was saying about um, it not ending well for them. I honestly think that's the story for for all of them, and we'll get into it as we go through the other two. But I think that the the last scene of them running and and the dogs, I think that's their death essentially. Um, but uh, all in all, with this scenario, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, it was uh, it was nice to see the things. The I think I audibly gasped when the zombies poured out of the bus <laughs> because we hadn't like i was saying earlier it didn't really happen in in the main game mm. at any point and i wasn't sure on the technical limitations of yeah that's true that many bodies in one area i didn't know if it would cause issues uh it didn't cause issues it was actually it was actually really awesome um yeah, i love that cool. that that bit is kind of like my defining moment for for these mm. games for these uh these extra pieces, um, I love it, yeah. Yeah, I love that because it starts to happen and you're like, okay, and then it just keeps on. There's so <laughs> many of them. It just keeps happening, yeah. <laughs> I, 
I've got a bit of headcanon there for you, though, if you like. She's the mayor's daughter, so perhaps she's got gun training because he knows, you know, he's kind of... True. He's in bed with the wrong people because, you know, Umbrella and that. So maybe she's right. been trained to almost like defend herself just in case. I also kind of love that she's sort of in this relationship with a journalist who could potentially ruin everything, like including her <laughs> father's career. There's kind of a... It a always goes that, that way in movies, Absolutely. Though, right? Screw you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, any thoughts on Runaway? Okay, I'm... Uh... Probably show my hand a little soon, but this is easily my second favorite scenario of the whole bunch. I everyone's touched on them at the moments, and I think this one's got like four pivotal moments that just make it for me. And obviously the bus, which feels very reminds me of the original RE2 with there's like zombies everywhere. Like there's, there's zombies in the remake, don't get me wrong, but nothing like the is it the east hallway in the original where you, you go into the room mm. and there's like 10 of them just piling through. Like, oh okay, I'm gonna get bit to death then. Great. Yeah. And then straight after the bus that we've talked about where zombies pile up, then if you're playing on standard difficulty, you enter a basketball court with four liquors and a random zombie in the middle. Nightmare. You, you just, you, if you're not using the knife, you die. You're not getting through. Yeah, through I, that. Uh, that was the part that stumped me for the longest before I found those missing vending machines. Uh, I've mm. gone through well, it like If once. I could just ask really quickly, Si, what were the missing ones for you? The one in front of the bus? Um no, no, not that one. There's the one in the orphanage courtyard, which I only knew because I checked the map. Oh, I which... didn't see. Now I'm missing. Ooh, I did not know this one. Yeah, that's it's in the sort of bottom left corner. It's got a green, red, and a blue herb in it, and that's what the okay. red herb that she starts with is for. And the other one is um, as you approach the basketball court, it's on the left before you go in. Oh, so, yeah, nice. And there's I'm not sure what's in there, but it was kind of like I think I probably grabbed some like heavier ammo because uh, I had the flashbang at that point. So my tactic is just to walk in so the liquors don't react, cap that zombie with one shot, throw a flashbang, grab the key, and walk out. That's my tactic <laughs> at the moment. Because I know everyone says liquors, you know, you can take a knife to them. There's no way I'm doing that. Not with, like, however many there are in there. It's ridiculous. That's it. Honestly, steal your nerve. <laughs> you will be fine. You will be fine. You reckon? I promise. <laughs> Look, they, don't, they don't want to fight you if there's if there's four liquors and an extra zombie, and you're there. They clearly just want to play a bit of three on three b ball. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But now go to go back to the, the thing. There's like, you know, like I said, there's four moments: there's the, the boss, the basketball court. Then there's the uh, the walkway. The what would have been the overpass in the original. We go over like the courtway. There's that. It's a, such a simple thing. There's two pale head zombies, and then there's like four dogs. But mm. it's just such a tense moment. I just yeah. I can't stop living it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll blast those two guys, and then immediately, oh, and now I'm going to die. And this or is what I'm you were saying die. a little bit about the enemy placement differences between training and. Uh, the regular mode because up there on training it's the two pale heads and then two dogs and i was mm -hmm. and i did that and i was like okay so i'm playing on regular difficulty and i get to that point i'm like okay killed the two dogs and then two more come pelting around yeah. while i'm reloading <laughs> yeah and then there's obviously the mad dash at the end which is just well Ridiculous. kendo gets one as well it's epic yeah that's cool so that being said let's move on to kendo the most uh look forward to of the scenarios according to our discord server and my personal favorite, I don't know if everyone else has the same feelings. I feel like it came out the best. Um, how do we feel about that? Uh, yeah, Steve, you finish. You can start off. Okay, so I feel like the purple zombies, while adorable with their glowing eyes, I kind of wish they were man spiders. <laughs> I really wish they were man spiders, because poisonous <laughs> zombies. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, 1.5. Look up Man Spider. It's glorious. Um, other than that, I kind of, I think like it's a steady scenario. I almost would kind of like personal headcanon, like, yeah, I can accept that if the helicopter rescuing him is Barry Burton. Yeah, that's you know, immediately what people jump to, and I, I guess that's what they're getting at with, you know, they're not very specific about it, but sure, why not? Don't get me wrong, obviously, it, it's true, Kendo dies. He's either getting wiped out by the nuke being sad, or the, the worst possible outcome that's implied in the intro. Mm. But overall, I thought it was a solidly constructed scenario. The actual opening gambit of going from Kendo's shop to the RPD almost felt like, I know the zombie layouts aren't the same as the old original, but the way you have to weave around buses and kind of almost nudge a car to get in there without spending any bullets, it very, very familiar to the original game. That, that's what it felt like to me, almost a throwback. And then a liquor appears and ruins everything. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I love that, sort of the pacing of that opening. Um, is it the only one with multiple routes, or am I going wrong? I think it is, yeah, I think it is the only one with multiple mm. routes. I love that opening, Yeah, the though, sewer routes, yeah. With the, And I think overall the music in this DLC is really good, actually, surprisingly good. I mean, in a way... Kind of, they could have just sort of reused music and retold some stuff and whatever, it would have been fine. But the fact each scenario has its own theme is great. For my money, this is not only the best theme from the DLC, this is one of the best songs in the game, period. Just the Absolutely. way Kendo's theme evolves uh, as you get down into the RPG and then, like, yeah, it starts thumping at you. And it, yeah, it's super good. I love that. I've still got that like that first section of the music in my head. Absolutely. Well, long after I've played that section, because it's, yeah, you know, it's got, it's got that. You know, sort of really sad tone to mm. it, and uh, but there's no time like, to mourn. Yeah, you really, you really want to save this guy, and then obviously once you get into the thick of the action, that's when it kind of kicks up the tempo and it goes into an almost completely different kind of song. And yeah, it's fantastic. Definitely, um, Adam. What did you think about uh, what's this scenario called? No time to mourn. We just said it. It's called No Time to Mourn. Um. <laughs> <laughs> For a spanner in the works, it was probably my least favorite um, oh, wow. of the of the three. Um, and just because I felt like, um, well, firstly, I goddamn hate G mutants in this one. <laughs> I hate them, and and it they just stress me out. Um, but I felt like. Um, I honestly felt like in the in the main game and and in the beginning of this, you know, the cutscene, like the still pictures you get, I felt like Kendo was putting his shotgun in his mouth because he just killed his daughter and his wife's dead. Um, I think it cheapens it if he's about to do that and then someone's like, "Hey, let's go," and he's like, "Oh, sweet, okay." <laughs> You know, I was gonna, I was gonna kill myself, but now because I might be able to leave on a chopper, I won't. Um, it, it it just felt weird to me in that sense. Um, I felt his enemies were the the kind of cheapest. Um, his special enemy, the the, the gas zombie things, mm -hmm. like they used gas on these zombies, and then the I don't the gas went into the zombies and held in their bellies or something and made their <laughs> eyes glow. See that reminds me kill of red eyes. Mm. It's a little bit like that actually. Is there a name um, for that gas in Resident Evil? Yeah. There is. Let me go I mean, into it. In the original, I'll keep talking, but this is oh, uh, P one. P Z or P Z gas. Um, Something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Easy peasy, guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least for what it's worth, you can tell when you've dispatched those zombies. Yes, true. That's true. Extravagant yeah, yeah, they, sort of explosion cloud. Um, that's that, that's cool. Bunch, I guess. Purple <laughs> skin and the glowing eyes is very like Dead Rising special zombie. Very. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. I also um, like. Yeah, that I mean, if they bite you, you get poisoned. It's not just the gas. Which is yeah. Kind of cool. Right. Right. It, um, it is but, a strange I mean, thing with the glowing eyes as well, because like that's almost the trope of uh, not like kind of like bio zombies, but sort of like cursed zombies. Uh, I'm sure like um, Red Dead Redemptions and Dead Nightmare had mm. that, and obviously that was sort of like a supernatural effect. So yeah, it's kind of a weird design, but hey, it's a it's a non-canon DLC, so I'm not going to dock it too many points for that. Yeah, it's um, when I say it's my least favorite, I mean it's not. It's not like I don't dislike it. I don't think it's bad. I just I uh, I enjoyed the pacing of um, Catherine's the most, like the pace to it, and I enjoyed the actiony aspect of the uh, Forgotten Soldier um, more. So this one kind of felt fell in between those. Um, not to say I haven't enjoyed running through it. I definitely have. Um, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as, as the other ones. That's fair enough. Jordan, what's your oh. feelings on... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Uh, I was going to just say, I'm glad to finally know what being poisoned actually feels like for more than two seconds now, because it makes you actually <laughs> stumble and cough. Because that's true. Everywhere. That was mm. nice. It is, a pretty, it is a pretty nice effect. Um, yeah. It's also yeah. really helpful in, in Kendo's um, scenario that zombies will helpfully wear giant explosive backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for you. Uh, that's 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 um, really good of them. So that's awesome. Um, other than that, I mean, I feel like um, I feel like that's a doomed helicopter ride at the end. I feel like um, he it most likely crashes, or you know, like I say, I, I feel like there's there's no good stories to come out of this. So um, I don't think it's Barry. I hope it's not Barry. Um, I hope it's like Brad. Could be his brother. That was my thing, you know. Right. So, yeah. but, uh, in terms of what you said at the top there, I just did want to touch on about how you were saying it kind of cheapens it a little bit with him being like ready to commit suicide and then sort of turning on a whim. I mean, I kind of I do agree with that. They could have inserted a couple of lines that maybe made him like it, you know the thing that really pushes it to, is go ahead. Uh, the thing that really pushes it is if you watch the the cut scenes again, like the stills. He's got the shotgun in his mouth, and then like the, the then the next still is like a radio blurring on the sh on the shelf, and mm. then the next still is he's holding the radio to his head, but the expression on his face is terrible. He's like, oh, he's got like this really. It, go look at it. It's just really I know what you weird. mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's a somewhat. It's not an easy. I wouldn't call it a fix. But it would have been easier if they'd put something in that sort of brief text at the beginning where it's like, you know. He decides to live for the sake of his wife. For sure, daughter. exactly. Something just exactly. simple like, like he's that would have been nice. Like, like the, you could write like the city took his wife and his daughter, and he he's damn well not going to make sure it takes him. Yeah, something kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. see, I thought with the title, I thought it was actually going to be set after his wife's death, and mm. then trying to find a cure for his daughter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, originally. that's what I would have loved. See, if it was like stories, that would have been awesome. I think for that sure. would have been really good. But that's that's, really that's theory territory, isn't it? 
yeah, there's really no simple way of kind of <laughs> kind of bridging to that uh, to kind of make that awkward segue to him kind of making no. the escape attempt. <laughs> yeah, because because you either have him yeah on the brink of suicide or you have him um, having just killed his daughter. And then he gets a helicopter call, and he's just like, "Okay, bye, family." You know. And it's, <laughs> so there's there's no there's no simple way. Um, before I get into my my thoughts on the scenario, uh, I'll just bring this up with Adam. <laughs> right, we've had two scenarios so far, and in and in both endings, you've said that they probably die anyway. All right, yeah. give give us something to hold on to, man. Never. <laughs> I want to believe that Kendo made it. He didn't. He's dead. <laughs> You could headcanon this. Capcom have said he definitely dies. If you'd like to, you can headcanon which, which this. Is, which is really dumb of them because it's like, yeah. here, are, here are stories that are completely different to the story and we're going to tell you that they don't have anything to the story. By the way, they all die anyway. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I actually just thought of something I did want to bring up. I, was, I, I guess it could go in anywhere, but I would have liked it if... Um, Maybe the the um, mayor's daughter story. Like, if if they if they're going to be bleak anyway, I would have liked to seen her like trying to escape, and then you get to the end, and that's where Irons gets you. Mm. Knife yeah. still in throat, going, excuse me. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> you you maybe you like you're like oh the orphan knock him out or something safe. So you start wherever and you right. try and make it to the orphanage. And then when you get to the orphanage, you get into that room and then like irons like gets you with the syringe and you're dead. Like that would be like cool yeah, because it's still absolutely. in canon. That would be a dead cert for bleakest DLC of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Hell for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, to go over my thoughts on no time tomorrow. I mean, I would probably say that this is my favorite, but mainly because... Yeah, because of the because of the character, I, I thought it was the most interesting. Um, you know, I mean, he's a gun shop owner, so you'd think he'd have a a decent chance. Um, I quite like the sort of the I don't want to say I don't want to say basic, but it, it's quite it's quite a sort of straightforward arsenal that he has. Um, he has that kind of that extra or sort of like stun rifle that you can get. But other than that, you kind of you're most going to be familiar with the handgun and the shotgun arguably some of the sort of like weaker firearms um, amongst all of these scenarios. And so when he gets thrown some of these sort of like, you know, tight corridor fights, um, you know, he's got a horde of zombies. That's a real slug. I mean, when you, you have to kind of, you know, pick your battles and stock up on that ammo. And then you just have those points where it will be just an absolute blaze of glory when you're getting into that, that final hallway and you're just trying to, um, Take down as many zombies as possible so that you can get some kind of way through. Um, so, it, you know, in comparison to the others, I like that aspect. Um, I mean, obviously, I was more familiar with, with Leon's campaign where, you know, you start off with sort of the, the weaker guns. And now, reading the file Secretary's Diary B from Resident Evil 2 1998, DQJ, who you can follow on Twitter at Q underscore J underscore six. June 8th. As I was straightening up the chief's room, he burst through the door with a furious look on his face. It's only been two months since I've started working here, but that's the second time I've seen him like this. 
The last time was when I bumped into that statue. Only this time he looked even more agitated than ever. I seriously thought for a moment that he was going to hurt me. June 15th. I finally discovered what the Chief's been hiding all along. If he finds out that I know, my life will be in serious danger. It's getting late already. I'm just going to have to take this one day at a time. And the final scenario that uh, comes pre-unlocked is Forgotten Soldier by the character featuring the character Ghost, who is uh, an additional member of Hunk's little squad, who I guess hangs out in the lab for a week in the same way that Hunk does in the sewer, uh, because his scenario starts with him seeing Ada or seeing the G-Virus be dropped when Ada falls and all that business, uh, and he goes to pick it up and uh, complete his mission, making his way out of nests with it. Uh, Jordan, what did you think of Forgotten Soldier? First of all, I love the um, the aspect of that Ghost was there witnessing the dropping of the vial. <laughs> it's it's one of those kind of like typical kind of spin-off um, st- story things where it'll have an extra character who witnessed it from a certain perspective. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of like springboards um, for, for characters. Um, yeah, it, it definitely feels like a quicker uh, run than, and than the other two scenarios. And obviously you have, you know, kind of pretty decent firepower, although it's a bit unworldly because you've got the automatic rifle um, that, that still seems to take a lot of rounds to um, bring down normal zombies. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a it was a decent run, but it's one of those ones which will have it will have you thinking about you know how you conserve your ammo and how you're using the ammo because obviously you now have different types of of enemies. You've got these these armored uh, zombies, um, which actually remind me a little bit of, of Zombie U. You know when you'd have like the riot police, they're yes, a bit tougher yeah. because you have to tactically take them down. Um, you know as we as we mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, in that respect, it's a decent. It's probably my my least favorite of of the scenarios, um, just because there's it's a little bit shorter. I I feel, um, and really, it comes down to just how you use the uh, like the rounds and things like the grenade launcher and stuff like that. Um, it seems like a lot of those tactics are kind of sort of like set in stone. Really, like this is the right way to do it, and there's. There's not too much of, of a difference. Maybe maybe you guys feel a little bit different in that way. I actually played the training run of this. I got almost all the way to the end. I thought I thought I was finished, but I was very low on health, and I thought I'd just wait for the shutter doors to open, um, you know, so that I can get to the so I can get to the car, and um, and then <laughs> I didn't realize that Mister X is in this scenario, and he, you know tapped me on the shoulder, and then punched my head off. So <laughs> that's how my run ended. Um, and that's, those are my impressions. But yeah, it was it was all right, but least favorite. I would agree. I'm, I'm in the same boat. It's my least favorite. I also did like the surprise there at the end. <laughs> um, I think this one, it's, it's kind of got a mix of stuff because I think the so-called A-gear zombies are probably like the least inspired of a lot. It's like, oh, mm. they're, they're zombies, but they've got various bits of armor. So this one... You have to shoot it in the chest. This one you can only shoot it in the leg. This one you can only shoot it in the head, just kind of randomly. Um, but what I did like about this one, I mean, it, it's true of all of them, to be fair, but certain areas in this one especially, it's kind of cool to see areas that you know from the main campaign, but you're going the opposite direction, especially where he starts at the turntable and then running, like, weaving through kind of that exploding area. 
You mm. never see that from the opposite direction in the campaign because you're always making a straight run to the final boss. And that's true with this, just like the, the main kind of street before the RPD with Kendo and, and Catherine as well. You don't ever go the opposite direction. There's a few of those in this scenario that are kind of like you're running the other way, like the final area where you're running up the stairs to get to the cable car. Kind of like that. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, not totally sold on this one. Uh, Steve, how did you feel about Forgotten Soldier? Uh, honestly, I appreciated it for its brevity. You know, it's the shortest one, or at least it feels the shortest one. But I did. I know this is going to sound silly, but it feels the most video gamey because mm. of the way that the, the, either that or the uniform policy in the Umbrella Lab for these A-gear zombies is ridiculous. Because you know, <laughs> I, I, I'll just have my leg one on, or I'd only wear my helmet, and it's just <laughs> kind of. And I appreciated playing as basically a nerfed hunk and having to do a different route, but. <sighs> Really didn't seem all that exciting to me. The location did, like you know, like you said, going backwards through the escape route. That was fun. But Ghost himself, he's got a cool mask, but he's just uh, yeah, he, he's going to die against silly armor-plated zombies that wear their uniforms in very strange ways. Mm, uh, no, <laughs> least favorite for me. Too. Yeah, Adam, how did you feel about Forgotten Soldier? Uh, I, um, like I said, it, it was probably my second favorite. I I like the. The more action uh, lilt on it, um, I, look, I agree with the the riot zombies. Once you've kind of um, got over the kind of the fact they're a bit silly, um, and like the majority of them are just like I wore all my armor except my leg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh it, it's it's kind of they're kind of easy to take down in terms of like you just have to be more careful you have to pay a bit more attention mm. um i normally go for leg leg shots in this mode anyway um i find that the the submachine gun um it it it's effective when kneecapping enemies yeah. um and almost all of the the riot zombies have a leg exposed. There are a few that that just have a head, but for the most part, most of them are are just their leg. So, yeah, no, that's can, that's I that's what I found that. to be. Um, you forgot to put my boot on. Oh well, I'll yeah, go to work exactly. anyway. <laughs> exactly, that's the first thing he tried to eat when he became a zombie. Like, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, it but, definitely feels uh, like there's budgetary cutbacks on oh, on sure, uniform. Yeah. We've all got to share these, you know. <laughs> Three of you guys have got to share this armor, so <laughs> one gets a leg. Um, I felt that I loved the inclusion. Just like you guys, I really loved the inclusion of Mister X. That was super awesome. It was fun. I I luckily didn't get surprised by him um, when I when I got to that point and turned the corner and the the gate was kind of rising slowly. I just turned around anyway because I was like, oh, uh, better watch my back. And then uh, then he was right there, and I was like, oh, shit. so you know, mm. it was like I had to to do a runner. Um, but it was I I had a lot of fun with it. I th I thought it was a fun mode. It was quick. Um, it was enjoyable. Nice it was it, in the one. It was not, sorry, yeah. not to interrupt, but it was nice that the tyrant was only in the one scenario rather yeah. than every single one because a lot of people have, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind if it was on every one, but it, you know, people have moaned about him being overplayed. So it's nice right. that he's only mm -hmm. in the one. Right, the, yeah, I agree. Where, does, where does he come I, from, by the way? Because I didn't see where he came from, obviously. I believe it's I the security office. The right. Because yeah, I, I was know. thinking about it. I was, like, I was like, where has he attacked me from? And I was just, did I... 
did I not look at the reception desk? Was he just sitting behind there, just chilling? He's like, <laughs> checking his email. You don't have a pass to come through here. <laughs> oh, hello. Do you have yeah. the G virus? Excuse me, sir. I think he comes from the security <laughs> office because you can't go in there on your way through till he's come out. Right. And there's a Mr. Raccoon in that room. Just, oh, just to make people aware for those of you who are doing the scavenger you, hunting. Hmm. <laughs> Another helpful tip from first aid spray. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, I also enjoyed the uh, heat. You know, there's there's a lot of weapons on offer. Yeah. Um, in that one, so there's, there's, that's, that's fun. You get to play. You get to play with a lot of the a lot of the different weapons. Um, and um, and he's kind of cool. Um, his bleakness is that Ada kills him. Uh, I would assume. <laughs> I so that's so. not nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like you, you, you do it, you get to the train and you're like, yeah, I made it and I've got the G sample. And then the next scene is like Ada, like taking it out of your fingers and you're like, oh, okay. You, you helped Ada out your friends. And then when you get the, uh, the clear screen, it's just your smashed helmet on the floor. Like you died. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's funny though. Cause, um, yeah, okay, Capcom said this is all nonsense and doesn't actually happen. This one, debatably, can take place. That's the best part this, about it. It changes Yeah, nothing. this one really makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the full canon, Ada's story ends at Resident Evil 2 and then picks up in Umbrella Chronicles. She gets a brief scenario where it shows you her escaping the city, and that starts in the sewers. So there's no reason that she hasn't come over to the cable car and grabbed the G-Virus sample uh, you know, taken out Ghost and then made her way to the sewers and bandaged herself up along the way. Uh, yeah, in theory, this one doesn't affect canon in any way. So if you want to take this as grey canon, be my guest, because I, I certainly could. I don't particularly <laughs> have the, you know, I don't care for Ghost as a character too much either way, but why not? It's an extra little tidbit. See, in he there. said something about extraction points, maybe. maybe. <laughs> it's, it's a little, I, I felt it was a little odd that, like, his name is Ghost, and then they called the entire thing the Ghost Survivors. Mm. It's like, wait, what? I mean, <laughs> if you're going to call it the Ghost Survivors, call him something else. Right. It's a, I think it's a Charlie's Angels situation there. <laughs> <laughs> the Ghost Survivors. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be the next Resident Evil game. It's him, Kendo, and Catherine. Excellent. The Ghost Survivors. <laughs> oh, dear. I also kind of, I was, this is a bit, Stupid, but like on the lead up to it, I was thinking, okay, this this USS soldier, they haven't dropped his name. What's it going to be? Are they kind of like leading up to something here? Is is he going to be one of the guys that you see in the video cassette? Like there's Kirkpatrick, I believe, is a name that you see and stuff like that. Could be one of those guys. And then my Ramirez, brain started. Yeah. My brain started doing. Yeah, that's one of them. My brain started doing sort of like wild leaps at things. And there's a, a character cut from Outbreak, um, one of the scenarios that never made it to the game because it was like a whole bunch of them and there was a uss soldier that was going to be in one of them called miguel and i was like wouldn't it be that that'd be nice a nice little cool reference like call back for that doesn't hurt anything like this guy miguel kirkpatrick or ramirez or whatever you like nope just ghost oh okay that's oh, yeah, it's yeah. like honk, isn't it? Honk's ghost just miguel name. yeah like it's fine because it suits the uss soldier sort of code name business but it kind of would have been cool if they'd have like put a subtle like thing in there for the diehards it doesn't really matter, but just a thought. So playing all three of those on any mode at all, you can do them all in training, unlocks the fourth mode, which was something that was uh, somewhat discussed for a little while because 
the achievement list was leaked out before the DLC, and there was one for this extra scenario, which is called No Way Out, um, and features the sheriff from the opening of the game um, as his own playable star. This is more or less exactly what I predicted, that it was going to be a kind of like horde mode, if you like, where you're in the shop. It was actually a little bit, not less, because I kind of thought, oh, you'll be running around those three rooms. Um, but no, you're just in the kind of shop area, and those two doors, those three doors, rather, I guess, um, just kind of open randomly, and zombies spill out all the different kinds of zombies that you've experienced in the three scenarios before that, which I thought was kind of a nice touch, plus the explosive uh, <laughs> stuff and the backpack stuff. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought this was pretty good. This one is probably the most replayable of the lot in its own way because it's it does almost have an element of randomness to it. The others were quote-unquote promised or mistranslated um, in the, yeah, I'm guessing the backpack pickups can be kind of different as you go, I would imagine, it seems like. Um, how did you guys feel about No Way Out? Um, Adam, let's start with you. Um, I liked it. Yeah, it it like you say, it pretty much does what it says on the tin. It's a it's a horde mode. Um, it definitely has a good curve to its difficulty. It starts off, you know, very manageable and and works its way up to sort of being quite frantic at the end, which I I appreciated. Um, the the poison zombies are probably the biggest annoyance probably in this one just because of the the close quarters uh, i had the toughest time with the poison guys constantly poisoning me as i tried to keep away from them um but yeah this this was a this was a really good enjoyable mode daniel cortini is the character's name and he's yeah. probably raccoon city's biggest badass <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, he needs his own game now where he just like <laughs> kills every zombie. Like you just get Raccoon City as an open world environment and you just kill every single zombie. <laughs> I kind of like that they gave him a name. It has to be said, like just what I was saying about Ghost. It's always nice to be given just like a character's name just to give yeah, him a I bit feel, more. And I love I feel like ending. when I go back, sorry, no, I feel like ahead. when I go back through place, th uh, when I go, sorry, when I go back through the, uh, the main game, I'll always feel like really bad when I do that first bit. Now, when yeah. I see him being chomped, I'll be like, this wasn't your fate, Daniel. You're a badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the ending as well, where they switch him in for Claire, essentially, and Leon comes down and get down yeah. and all that. And then you see him in the cop car at the end, kind of yeah. shaken about the whole affair. And then, right. he's kind of and then you off. see him and Leon kissing. And <laughs> then, oh, it's the oh, internet. No, wait, that so was, that's, that probably, that's probably a thing on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan, what did you think about this? Have you, have you played No Way Out? So I didn't actually know that the mode was there. I didn't realize <laughs> that it was even in the bonus bit. But I have looked at footage um, you know, since, since playing, so I didn't have time before the podcast to actually give it a run myself. But I just, I, I really like that they are, you know, with just this first bout of free DLC, and hopefully there will be some more DLC that comes along. I like that they are kind of like, feeling out what they can do with their game like you know they've they've built this you know whole new game and uh, you know a whole new way of of playing um you know in those famous areas that we've seen in the original and kind of just playing around with the idea of you know uh, just like the hallway runs in the in the ghost survivors and and the set pieces here it's like right we're going to we're going to basically do a horde mode 
within a very confined confined area and and you know see what you know what kind of like tactics come out of that because you've got very dynamic enemies in this game um especially kind of compared to some of the previous resident evils which have had like mercenaries mode and in open spaces you know the idea of actually like you know facing these kind of enemies in such a kind of close quarters where you know there are instant instant death moments uh i think it's i think it's a very kind of clever idea especially just to kind of like include that it's just a little freebie just a little bonus um and obviously they're getting their mileage out of uh, all of the locations that they've created for the game because obviously mm. you only you only spend about five minutes there in the in the main campaign um but here it, it's actually got its own mode and so yeah everybody expected that to be the case and i like that they included it uh i think it's a kind of it's it's a positive um it's a positive message for for what the developers how the developers feel about this game in, in the fact that they've said, right, we've built something and we really want to experiment with this. Um, you know, we really want people to have the, the real breadth of exploration with what you can do in this game in regards to, uh, you know, combat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve, any thoughts on No Way Out? Okay, so first things out of the gate, yes, this is my favourite scenario. But uh, <laughs> there's a few things I love about this, and it's like... The actual intro text is basically what if he just did a bit of research about what's been going on previously. <laughs> and like, ah, oh, this might be one of those cannibals I've been hearing about. Takes you mean, it out. You mean uh, headlines <laughs> like criminals still not caught? Well, no, it's like, you know, people eating people. It's like, oh, well, that's literally okay. one of the headlines it gives you, though. <laughs> criminals still not caught. Well, yes. <laughs> and then he proceeds to go from being unfortunately this, this red shirt who gets jobbed off in the first bit of the, of the game normally and he's now the most badass dude who's just like I'm going to just pick up this shotgun I'm going to pick up this machine gun this grenade launcher there was ham on these bizarre zombies that in this altered timeline all of them were just billow to this one petrol station in the middle of nowhere and like, if this was in any way yeah <laughs> <laughs> The sheer ridiculousness of it is just like, I'm loving every second. And then, you know, the fact you've got infinite ammo and you can play around with it, yeah, it's, it's a nice little way of relieving stress. I'd say it's the, although it's easily the hardest of the other scenarios, at least in my opinion, to do properly on standard mode, it's nice and almost less stressful, you know, because it's just, you just got to take out the zombies. That's all you got to do. Mm. And then there's the, obviously the zombies with the gas tanks, and you can like if you know when to tactically drop them, and you can use them as like future landmines and things. Don't don't just blast them straight out of the way. You you, you know use them as a trap, just as a tip or tip. Uh, and obviously the last roll reversal at the end, and then the the oh god, what have I been through? That that last shot just makes me giggle. Mm. Yeah, in the car, he looks so worried. And bless him, that version of RE2 where he drives the Raccoon City and there's now poison armored zombies everywhere. That would be hilarious. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, Daniel Cortini, hats off to you. you. You know, you're not Joe Baker, but you're up there. You know, <laughs> you know. The only thing that we didn't really touch on that we should probably bring up is the uh, cosmetic changes to this game, the unlockable heads. Um, they're, uh, they're a heck Sorry. of a thing. <laughs> It's uh, they're they're all cosmetic except one, which can give you infinite ammo. I don't have it, so uh, if anyone does have it, could, if you can correct me, I assume it's for all weapons. But you know, yes, in any in any sorry, it is for it's for all weapons to unlock it. Would you like to know? Uh, yeah, go for it. All right, be no beat no way out using only sixty handgun rounds. That is ridiculous. On standard. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, cosmetic changes. This one's been interesting because there's been a lot of reaction to this that has uh, 
been less than positive, and it's kind of silly to me. I don't know if anybody else experienced this. I honestly, I thought it was cute. I thought it was just a little extra thing to like, you can unlock stuff, you now get silly costumes. You know, yes. I mean, RE3 Harmless. had it, didn't it? With like the, um, the, the, the daft stripper outfit and all the rest of it. You know, the, there's lots of daft outfits and just, they're just the helmets. It's fine. That's actually you know? a really good point. You know, Resident Evil does have a history of ridiculous unlockable costumes that... Sailor have, outfits. Yeah, you know, dude. Absolutely look at Barry Burton's alt costume in one of the, uh, the Revelations mercenaries it's it's like a weird like american flag bikini kind of armor or something <laughs> so, like. it's weird. Insane. so, so uh, is that is that what the complaints are that you know it's just kind of silly or well or... the complaints particularly that i've seen like not resident evil yes is that it's fortnite-esque uh which is and you know get this fortnite out of my game and i think that's entirely ridiculous like did never never play Mercenaries 3D. Yeah, I mean the the game itself has a hunk of tofu in it as a playable. Game. <laughs> exactly. There you no, go. Five. There you go. five hunks of tofu. It is funny how yeah. some people will be like, "That's okay, but this is ridiculous." And really, what it comes down to is, okay, don't use them. It's not like yeah. this is an online online mode. Like where if you if it was like a battle royale mode, uh, you would see other people with them and you'd be able to roll your eyes. There's no online, so if you don't use them, you don't have to see them at all. It's harmless. Exactly. Yeah. There are it's so many other things they could have done if they wanted to chase something modern and mainstream, like we talked about mm -hmm. before, like they've done previously, that could have harmed this game. If cosmetic, purely cosmetic heads, with the exception of some cat ears to give you infinite armor on bonus free DLC modes is your problem, then I don't know what to say. Get over it. Plus, um, the skull helmet looks pretty cool on uh, on the USS Soldier. <laughs> I'm playing it right now. <laughs> Excellent. And, I mean, this is this is Capcom as well, which, you know, are known for doing costumes. Um, you know, all I would say to anybody who is kind of critical of this is, really, uh, get used to it, because this yeah. is what Capcom does. Currently, mm. Street Fighter Five is going through a run of different costumes where people, you know, can get costumes for characters where they're dressed as Mega Man bosses. I mean, That's I personally... Awesome. I personally think that would be hilarious to see in Resident Evil. So, frankly, I hope it happens. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, as you say, it's it's, it's optional and um, it's a fun it's a fun little extra. Uh, you know, for any for any completionists out there, they're gonna love it. And uh, yeah, I, I like the fact that it seems that there's quite a few of them as well. Like you you don't have to do you know too many things in in the runs to to unlock a, a couple of them. And yeah, I think it's fun. I just thought oh. Sweet, you know, it's it's like anything else with this game. It's nice that they include it. It's nice that they include things like the the model viewers and and the artwork gallery and yeah. all that yeah. kind of stuff. They're just fun little bits. Extra extra optional content, optional, is never a bad thing ever. No matter what it is, it could be the most ridiculous thing in the world. But if it's optional, whatever. Give me all of the crazy content ever. Yeah, I mean. Just as a final example, think about all the Resi 7 DLC, you know, Resi 7 mm. is itself a very kind of serious, moody, like a really impactful horror game. And its DLC had extra story content, it had kind of like a, a horde mode of its own in a way. And then it had Jack's Birthday, which is a stupid DLC thing where you grab food and feed it to Jack Baker. And, you know, <laughs> we're not looking back on like that, like, oh, it ruins the game, yeah. you know, so... Do, do you remember uh, Dead Rising 4's expansion? Oh, yeah. Like, 
that off the wall crazy Cap- is that Capcom color. Legends or something? Yeah, yeah. outfits. Yeah, yeah like just in, insane. It it kind of it felt like they were like just throwing everything in there, and I personally love it because I I, I like when sort of Capcom can kind of dive into their, you know, their deep library of different you know series and games and just chuck them in for fun. Uh, so yeah, I love all of this stuff. Cool. Well, that sums up our Ghost Survivors podcast. Let's move on to a related bite-sized discussion. Can I just jump in real fast? Please do. I I just am playing through Ghost's story real quick again right now. And at the beginning, it happens to be Ghost's first day on the job. What yes. is it with Raccoon City <laughs> and first days on the damn job? What the hell? I tell you what, that makes a lot of sense to why he would go through so much trouble to take that vial. You know, it's, it's just he's, he's obviously exactly. he's, he's in that supervisory period. <laughs> he really like, wants to impress. impress my I'm boss. on probation. How could we mad if I don't? <laughs> So our bite-sized discussion this week is DLC-related, whether it's Ghost Survivors Volume 2, if such a thing exists, or something else in the future. Perhaps we'll get more, perhaps we won't, but let's talk theoretically. If we were to get more DLC, which minor Resident Evil 2 character would you most want to see get an expansion, and what would it be? Uh, Jordan, let's start with you. I think uh, I think Marvin is obviously pro- is probably the, the answer that we all probably give us the most easy answer. Um, to see a, like a, a full scenario with, with some story elements would be great. To actually see the collapse of the RPD would be um, something fantastic. Um, but whether or not they would actually go to that length to, to do a full story DLC, I'm, I'm not sure. But that's that's what I would like to see, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's like we've talked about it before, there's lots you can do with that. And especially if you're... And whilst I would like to see some new areas, if they did some extra DLC, if particularly if it was paid DLC with a bit more... Uh, bite to it uh, you could yeah you could you could reuse the a lot of the rpd anyway with marvin's story if you were going to tell something like that um adam what's yours uh a crow <laughs> <laughs> um i think um i mean ben could be interesting um he probably doesn't have too much in the terms of story beats he He's a little two-dimensional. Um, Annette is is definitely a good contender. Um, sure. I'd like to see um, m- more of the like police. Uh, I'd like to see like a police. Um, maybe Elliot who gets torn in half. Mm. Um, I'd like to see maybe the lead up to that. Um, it seems like he, you know, he has the book where he's found the way out. Um, I'd like to see the process of him. How did he hmm. find out that you get medals and the medals open a secret yeah. thing? I'd like to see that maybe. I think that yeah. would be really interesting. You, he, he was a big fan of the series. That explains it. <laughs> <laughs> You've actually hit exactly what I was going to say. My my preferable one would be Marvin, but I would like a kind of one that it, even if the characters aren't playable, it would be nice to see stuff like Elliot maybe 
a reference to Daniel Cortini somewhere in a file um, to just like solidify that as being, you know, his name and stuff. And yeah, maybe have Rita make an appearance, who's the, the police officer from Outbreak, who's associated with that puzzle in that game and that kind of thing. That would be my choice. Yes. Marvin and yes. friends. <laughs> yes. Steve, what's yours? Okay, right. Um, how how minor are we two? Are we talking? How minor are we talking? As minor as, as you as like. As minor as you can get. Okay. Yeah. Do you, um, how up are you on the old fake rumor that Akuma was going to be in Resident Evil Two? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bear with me now. Bear with me now because all right, goofy bonus modes. I mean, talks about like Jack's birthday. All right. I I thought it would be a nice full circle with the lie becomes true. Like you had a um, was it shit name get. He was in Street of Fight 4. He was a reused teacher. I can't remember his name. But the point Gen. Is, Gen. Oh, yeah. Shang Long. Uh, yeah, Shang Long. Uh, he came full circle from being a mistyper mm-hmm. to a full character. Mm. Being able to play as Akuma. Just, it doesn't have to be a massive part of the RPD, but I would love the idea and silliness <laughs> of playing as Akuma. Okay. Uh, Mainly uh, because we've had Marvin already taken, so I can't really use that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, love that. That's great. Um, I, I did have one, one other idea, and this really is pie in the sky. Um, just chuck it out there if Capcom really wanted to do something like this. Uh, to turn the whole thing on its head, first person, um, and you're playing as Mr. X. And yes! <laughs> and and you're, actually, you're actually going up against an AI-controlled Leon O'Claire and you're chasing them through, and you're just trying to like wear them down, basically. I don't know how, obviously, how exactly it would work. I leave that to better people to think about. But <laughs> I just like the idea. I just like the idea of of something like that, where you're actually, you know, playing this terrifying figure um, walking through the RPD, especially because you can't can't really run, but you're still terrifying. And yeah, if you but catch if you lose them, your hat, you get a speed boost. <laughs> <laughs> that non aerodynamic hat of his. Mm. It'd be very interesting if they did it first person to do it in the idea of like, um, you know, like an umbrella operative, like is at the controls in umbrella HQ, like watching the feed, which is on his <laughs> coat or yeah. whatever, you know, so that is like a video camera. That would be pretty cool. I don't know what it is, Spencer, sir. I can't seem to get into this dark room door. <laughs> <laughs> terrified. Well, he's terrified of having his picture taken. So, yeah. <laughs> he, he failed it in college, and he never wants to go into the dark room again. Well, well, like dark that. room? Well, I'm afraid of the dark, so I mustn't go in there. <laughs> That's uh, a fantastic place to end, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors to the episode. If you'd like to be part of the show, please look into auditioning for our file readings. One way to get in touch with us is to email us at fasprayod at gmail.com. But of course, the best course of action always is to join our Discord server where you can ask questions for the bite-sized discussion, discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans, and listen to the podcast live as it's being recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter at fasprayod, on Instagram, which is fasprayod, and on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash fasprayod. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and if you've enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review if you can, especially on iTunes, because it helps spread the word. Our next episode, finally, we've mentioned it several times, but we will be doing a discussion 
based around Resident Evil 2, the board game, which is important to a lot of us. Thank you to the panel. You can follow us all individually. I'm at Sinyak underscore 123. Steve is at Firebutton Games. Jordan is at Serialbox64. And Adam is on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Mr. Lucky Paint. Speaking of the board game, it started to arrive in the US. Things are being painted, so definitely click like and that. Finally, thank you all for listening and have a good week. Boom shakalaka. Done. Hey. Leave, leave that boom shakalaka in. <laughs> I will. I made a mistake. I listened back to our last episode and I, I missed a swear. So hopefully we don't get in trouble being... Probably not having, me, right? I'm it was, them all the it was. I bleeped out you saying one and I didn't <laughs> bleep was... out the other and it was the worst of the two. <laughs> that was that was so confident, by the way, Si. That Adam asked, was it me? It's like, it was. It was. Absolutely. <laughs> it was. You made my life a living hell. All you ended up doing, Si, was making it sound like I said something extremely bad the first time. <laughs> Because if you didn't cut out the bad one, then I must have said something really Oh, yeah. Horrible. This is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. any, any further kind of like censoring you need to do of Naughty Witch, just use uh, Jill Sandwich line <laughs> from Resident Evil. I yeah. should. I should just cut in like Barry Burton noises. <laughs> this yeah. game is so Jill Sandwich good. <laughs> 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 oh dear. <laughs>